You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr., and this is episode 120A. Getting up there. Uh, 120A. I guess that, you know, that's the easiest way I could think to, to number the podcasts A and B each week. If that's confusing for people, let me know. I thought that would be, given the time that I have and the things I have to do during a week, which is busy one way or another, uh, I would always, I used to, I don't even remember, people listening probably would. I think I went just straight one episode, right? I started trying to get two episodes a week. That was too much. And I think I tried one straight up, like me talking for a half hour, maybe an hour sometimes. And then having a guest, basically a longer podcast. And, uh, but I actually like it uh, twice a week. It forces me to sit down and flip open the computer. One second. Ryan Rashog, there he is. I'm, I'm literally recording a podcast as we speak. Should I hit pause? Should I hit pause? Should I... Drop, uh, should I talk about Got Your Back and our plans for the year? Okay, well, I'll talk about it now. I'm just starting up. I'll give you a call back in a couple hours. Okay, see you, buddy. Okay, that was Ryan Rashog. We're getting a podcast going. We're going to go. Can't remember what I was talking about. Leave it there. Uh, and, and, you know, I I forget the exact times, but I'm going to be on his podcast. Got your back. It's going to be, for the most part, um, after it, it's going to be. I, I can't say all always after, but it's going to be uh, centered around the Oilers games, at least from my perspective. Uh, got your back. 
will be Jason Strudwick. We call him Struds and Rishag. And uh, and it will be the guys are in Edmonton, obviously, for those that don't know. And I just jump on uh, on a Zoom call or whatever. And we go over that. Last year at the end of the year, I'm not sure how many of you were listening, but we did uh, we did a bunch of episodes. I really had fun. It, it's a little late for me, but I'm not really on a specific schedule. So I often do watch full games. I mean, they start three and a half hours later here. Yeah, so I mean, the games are starting at 11, 11-ish in Newfoundland, right? So, but I don't mind doing it. And um, I don't sleep a lot anyway. That's true. I I generally sleep three or four hours a night, but I might nap. It's it's like Kramer in that Seinfeld episode, just uh, not quite as said he had like three naps for twenty minutes. It's not quite like that. But I do. I space out my sleep. I, I if I got to get up and take a whiz, I can't get back to sleep right. So I just start working, and usually that's three or four in the morning. That's how it goes. Um, anyway. I'm not even get talking about that, but oh, Rashad, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, and we're going to do a bunch of quick hits, like 15 minutes. What do you think of this? 15 minutes, Terry, do you story have a story about this? Uh, something that I can relate to, maybe, and we can shoot the shit. So we're going to do a bunch of like uh, analyze the game kind of stuff, and a bunch of quick hits. So I'm really looking forward to that. And speaking of Edmonton, I will be there in a week and a half. Um, actually, part of the reason is. Uh, Rashad, but part of it is my buddy Taran Sandwith, who just showed us a great time in Toronto. Uh, Sandman has got me headed out there. This one sec. Let me, get, let me tell you exactly what's going down now. Exactly what's going down. Um, I'm going to get out there on Thursday, next Thursday, so the 22nd. I'm going to be going on Jason Greger's show in the afternoon, and then we're going to go to the Canadian Brew House. There could be like a meet and greet kind of thing. I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, I love talking to people, to followers, to hockey fans, um, Shorzy fans, Tales with TR fans, whatever it might be. People want a book signed. I don't mind it at all. I'm just getting overwhelmed on social media, so I can't get back to everybody. But uh, I very much enjoy the interaction. I mean, it's how I... It's the state of my being, if you will. Everything I do revolves talking about hockey in some degree, even uh, on camera in times like Shorzy, right? Um, pretty much everything I do, yeah, the vehicle was hockey. I'm, when people ask me, you know, if, if I'm soured at my hockey career, like, it's still going, you know what I mean? Like, the whole eighth overall thing, uh, yeah, you know what, fuck, man, like, I, I should have done better. That 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 kid should have, and if better, by better I mean played more games. I, whatever I did, you know, I, I think the Canadians could have played it differently, but I was just as fucking stubborn. But anyway, that, I know that's what people are referring to. I know it is, but I don't even, you know, in times like this, it doesn't even come across my because my hockey career, you know, like on ice professionally ended a long time ago. God, I'm still skating every day, and everything I do. Hockey's at the center of it, man. Even this, uh, even on camera, which is just blowing me away. It's wild. Um, anyway, so we're going to do that at the brew house. And then on the 24th, we're doing a ball hockey tournament. God, it's, it's, and it's a fundraiser too. And I can't remember. Anyway, it's a fundraiser. Look into it. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, I should know and I forget. And I usually like to be in touch with the causes. But Sandman just called me and asked me to do it. And he said, it's a good cause, you know. So I said, sure, of course. And it also gives me a, a, a reason and a platform to talk to the people that might be listening to our show and might be following me out west. I mean, I played in the Western Hockey League. One of the teams I was most successful with in my life was the Red Deer Rebels. And that's an hour and change south of Edmonton. I absolutely love going there to visit. It's to me, I've had opportunities to go to Florida, and I go to Edmonton. I'm serious. <laughs> People laugh there. I mean, playoffs a couple times. Um, and just, I got a lot of buddies there, and I dig it. I, I enjoy the people. I used to go there in the summers to train with U of A. I've got a lot of friends still there from uh, my days with the 
Tri-City Americans. So I'm going to send them all a message, as I always do. Boyd Olson, Zenith Komarniski, the Hurley brothers, Mike and Mark, Michael Dubinsky. I could go on and on. I don't want to name everybody because they were all from there. Uh, our Tri-City American squads were like, and I'm not kidding. I, our head scout was Scott Bonner. I've always assumed Scott was from there because, uh, God, I mean, right down to it. Lankhouse, Surrey, our goalies, uh, Lance Leslie, the one year I think Lance was from there. Uh, Brian Boucher wasn't, obviously. I mean, I can start going through each and every player, but I don't want to bore you. But anyway, that's the case. So I really, really am looking forward to getting out to Edmonton. A lot of people that listen to this program live in and around Edmonton or Alberta somewhere. Uh, so by all means, come to the Canadian Brew House. Yeah, on the 23rd. Meet and greet with beers there. Honestly, we might be there for 10 hours. I highly encourage, if you're going to come and you want to have a chat, that's the time to do it. Um uh, and uh, like I said, I'm really looking forward to it. And even if you aren't a fan, if you're listening to this and you're just, you know, because not everybody is a quote-unquote fan. By fan, I mean, what's anything? A fanatic, which actually, yeah, the, the, the term fan has definitely been overused and it's been broadened. I don't think of many people that listen to this podcast as a fan. I can think of 10 podcasts I listen to and I wouldn't call myself a fanatic about any of them. But I'd go, yeah, I'm a fan. You know, hey, I'm... if I run into someone, I'll say, hey, man, I'm a fan of your podcast. Oh, Jeff O'Neill there. I'm a fan of Overdrive. But I'm not a fanatic. So the name over year, over time got a little bit exaggerated. But in any case, if you're not crazy about this podcast, but you listen to one or, uh, once in a while, and you used to play in the Western League, drop by. I really consider the Western League and my time there. It's like, and because it was so unique that I came from Eastern Canada, and there was only there was nobody in in from Newfoundland ever that's played out there outside of Daryl Williams played one game. Alex Newhook chose Victoria, but it was tier two. But hey, Alex, love that you made that choice. We got that in common. Not a lot of people go all the way out to BC or Alberta. In my case, Tri Cities. After that. Um, Washington to, to go out west to play in, in a Western-based league. So it was unique for me. And there was a few, Denny Gaudet, uh, Todd McIsaac, Todd McDonald was a goalie for Tacoma. They existed, but there were, and I, I believe, you know, you had to be waived by the other leagues. The way I got around is that I moved out west. But, uh, you know, to get drafted, that's the whole reason I did it. People are like, why did you go to Cornell at 14? Well, it did make me a better player, but I kind of could have picked anywhere in Canada with a better league than Newfoundland Bantam to do that, right? And I had some options. I was going to go play for the Cambridge Winterhawks Junior A in Ontario. But anyway, without getting into that, because every few podcasts, I'm sure I tell the same story. Uh, Terry Ryan Sr. flows through my my veins and my brains. Um, so... What was I getting to? Oh, yeah. but I, So I consider it really an, an experience. Like people on other teams were always really nice. I tell you the story about fighting Wade Belak. Check that out on YouTube. Man, that was one of the uh, most knock him down, drag him, fights of, drag him out fights I've ever had. But uh, Wade was a good guy. Like we got kicked out. And I believe, because I don't remember getting kicked out in the Western League, but maybe if you fought with five minutes left maybe, or, or I, I know we were in a bit of a line brawl. Maybe if you were the second fight in a line brawl. You got kicked out of the game because you, you were allowed to fight three, well, twice, and then you get kicked out the third fight. Um, so I remember getting kicked out of that game for some reason. But we go off, so there's only like, I, I don't know, not much time left, um, but enough that we could shower and everybody wasn't off the ice yet. So I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I would say five minutes left. Maybe there was eight or nine minutes left. I don't know. But he came over. Like, hug me, put his arms around me. We'd done a camp together in uh, in Okanagan Hockey School. If you, if you can believe it, I tell people. I, I actually fought him at that camp, but he didn't know who I was. We were just laying. We were there. Uh, it's a long, long, long story. I'm going off track. But we did come across each other, when, and I never tell anybody. It's way back. I don't even know who was on the ice, but we were 15. He must have been 16 in the summer. 
at Okanagan Hockey School as instructors, and there was a skate at night for all the instructors. We had our gear on. Anyway, I was feisty, I guess. He hit me, and I bopped back at him, and I didn't realize that this was Wade Belak, who was coming into the Western League and would be rated one of the toughest guys immediately. As a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, this guy was a killer. Anyway, we got in a fight, and that was a good one. And he came over, and he like he hugged me. You know, and, and it's great, man, that you came out here. Like, everybody was aware of my story. Uh, I talk about Rashog and Strudwick going on Got Your Back with them, which I can't wait to do, by the way. Um, and we're going to wait. We're, we're, I'm going to. I'm going to be out in Edmonton and, and I'm, I'm going to be over the airwaves and I'd like to visit as much as I can. So I'm excited to get back into it. But if uh, back, that's another reason my my Western connection. Really excited for that. But when you when you talk to Rishag and Struts, they will probably say the same thing. Everybody knew that I was from Newfoundland. Like it was they were very aware every team I went. And I'm not saying every player, but often like the radio guy or girl or you know, the massage therapists, the the rink attendants, man. Like people used to come over and shake my hand. Say, Yeah, it's great that you came out here. You know, like people were aware of the story. Did all the players like me? No, but it was a, a league that it was very much, you were respected if you fought. Um, you know, I don't remember having any animosity with people off the ice. And here I got in like 20, 25 fights a year, right? With no whatsoever animosity. Um, they tell all those stories, you know, all the old guys, and I don't know if people believe it, that, you know, well, it was just a job, and we'd fight and go to the penalty box. It's kind of like that now to a degree, but back then it was insane. If you're, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to fight 25 times in a season, and I wasn't considered a fighter in junior if you look at it. People say, well, you know, he, he can drop the gloves. That's why I got drafted high. He can, we, we know he can score. We're looking at the stats. But, you know, he can drop the gloves and hang in if he has to. That, that was like a toss-in, like a, a caveat on the side. And I had, I just read it, my 16-year-old year, I had 22 fights. Like, that would lead most teams in major, junior, or NHL, if not all now. And as a 16-year-old, third overall coming into the Western League, third overall pick, big pick for them. If I hurt my hands, not good. Yet, no one, it, it went Basically unchecked. No one cared. I, I can't say they did. They liked it. No, no one cared. Is makes it seem like I wasn't. No, they were all over. Like they played me as much as they could. Like I was battling my way as a sixteen-year-old. I had thirty-three points. Now third over. That's good as a sixteen-year-old. And one hundred and seventy-six penalty minutes. I thought they were very well-rounded stats. But for my hype coming in, I don't know that that was enough points in people's eyes. I mean that. Um, I think they expected me to come in and get like a point a game right off the bat. And it wasn't the case. And uh, not only did we not have a great team, people look at the time, we're like, well, you know, you weren't on a great team, but that had nothing to do with it. But it was almost better for me because I played a lot because of that. But uh, I really needed to work on my skating. I could get there. And once I got around the net, I knew how to use my stick and my elbows and everything to, to create some room. I wasn't scared of anything. But less were the goals of like going end to end. Pretty much ended in major junior. I would do that in Quinnell all the time. And but now I, I I'd take it and start going, but I'd have to give it way earlier than I had to give it in in Pee Wee and fucking, you know, Junior A and stuff, which was the years before that. But and I then I realized like guy like Damon Lankow, he could do that. He was he was a great skater. I just wasn't I mean, straight ahead I was I won't say a bullet, but real, real fast. I was powerful. But it was the agility and, and, you know, everything that comes with that. And um, Lanks was sim. So I, that's what, not that I, not that you asked here, but I, uh, yeah, I was like second, third line center that year. And then the next year as a 17-year-old, Bob Laux just said, you know, he came in, he wasn't our coach the first year. And he said, you know, I, I could put you second line center. But you're no better, you're no better skater than Damon. And he's having, a, he had a great year last year. Damon went in my draft year, you see, but he was a year older hockey-wise. He just had a birthday in late September, and the draft goes by September, not December, which is stupid, I think. Why not just go with the same age group that everybody grew up playing? But anyway, and uh, yeah, there was no doubt there. I was looking, going, Damon should be. He's definitely a better skater and a better centerman. He just was. I'd never 
met my match, so to speak, on any team that I'd been with. I was always either the main player or talked about as being the next main player. And then, you know, I went into Tri-Cities and just saw some better skaters and people that had attributes that outweighed mine. Uh, or uh, <clears throat> definitely, definitely some, you know, right. I'm not just saying Damon, but some D were, were stronger. And there was players that were, uh, you know, chirpier. Ev just everything that I did, I, I needed. There was someone on my team in Tri-City that was better at doing it. So it was great for me to learn. And the second year, Bob Lauks, like I said, he just said, hey, Terry, maybe you should go left wing with Damon. You're not as good of a skater. You can get the puck out. You're pretty, by that point, I was, you know, bigger and stronger. I could play the power forward role because I'd elbow you in the face. I wasn't necessarily big and, like, real strong like Shane Doan, but I got the same results. Um, you know, just, I, I, I had a good, and I had real big legs, strong legs, so hockey, that's important. So I, I got by out there playing that game. But I could get out of my own end pretty good. You know, Damon coming through maybe, and, and I could chip it out off the wall. He was a bullet, so usually I could just throw it in his direction. And, um, you, you know, after a while, you just get to, you, you, you think with each other. So I, with each player, I find rarely do you just mix right away. You might be scoring more goals because you're better. But that real knowing somebody. That real sense of like, you know, Adam Oates, Brett Hall kind of thing. Um, Trisaitl, McDavid, even though they don't always play with each other, when they do, they tend now to know each other's mood. And, you know, sometimes you go, how did he know he was there? Well, because they play with each other and it's mental, you know, muscle memory. It's in intuitiveness, intuition, and uh, timing. And uh, anyway, it's a lot of things, but you don't always have it with a player. Whatever league you're at doesn't have to be great players. I'm not just talking that I had it with Damon Lankow because he's a 12-year NHL veteran. I, I, what I mean is it's all relative in beer league and senior hockey and peewee, whatever. You know, you you find somebody that often you play with, and now the sum of your parts outweighs either one of you individually. You know what I mean? Like having me on the second line and Damon on the first, we could be ourselves. I, I'm sure I had some great wingers, I don't know in a way who's better than others, but on that particular year, you know, we we could have been fairly successful. We could have really, I think, led the lines that we played on respectively. But when you put us together, right, our statistics, um, our, our energy, our brain waves, everything worked better. And uh, therefore, our uh, statistics were largely inflated than what they were the year before. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. I'm just articulating it in a different way, I think. And uh, anyway, do I ever go off? I'm just talking about Edmondson. Anyway, so I'll be out there and I'm, I'm excited to see great memories. Clearly, I wouldn't be talking about them like this. To see my buddies uh, and um, yeah, that's that. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win— if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I just got back from Toronto. I want to thank everybody there that um, that helped out. Um, my friend Heidi hooked us up. It was really hard to get a hotel room. And um, it was tough, right? I didn't realize. Here I am an actor. I didn't have any idea that the Toronto International Film Festival was going on. I just saw mid last week there was plane tickets to Toronto and back returned for 200 bucks, basically and change. And I got 
myself and my daughter a trip. She did, she didn't uh, fly a lot. Excuse me. She's never flown. She's flown to Alberta a couple times, but a few times, but she hasn't been anywhere else. So I thought, you know, I go to Toronto and all these, but in Toronto to me is just like the next step from St. John's. You, know, you go Halifax, Toronto, just because that's the easiest flights. And Toronto's the closest big city main hub that we go to. Wherever we go, we usually go through Toronto or Montreal and or Halifax and Toronto way more than the other two. So, you know, and I, I shoot Shoresy and Sudbury, which is, you know, we fly into Toronto. I've worked, you know, when I played hockey, I was in Toronto a lot. I played for Toronto's farm team, St. John's, you know, in the NHL. You know, I only got so many games. Three, at least three were in Toronto. Um, I'm counting exhibition, but they must have been because I fought Domi three times in Toronto. So they're like, you know, and I've done stand up there. I've just done so much of my life that I've spent in Toronto and never really lived there. So it's like a second home. If you, if you took the amount of man days that I've spent in Toronto, it's definitely second to St. John's over the years. But you know, like there, I, I'm going up again in October there to, uh, play in a hockey movie, probably do, do that for 10 days and fly home. So I never really lived there, but I'm in and out a lot. So it, it, and I said, you know, here I am passing signs for Canada's wonderland and the CN tower and, you know, the hockey hall of fame, Ripley's aquarium, all these nice things that if you were a tourist, not only a tourist, cause I love it. I go to all those things. I mean, I'm like that in St. John's. I don't get sick of where I am or a lot of people, God, one of my friends, reporter, Gare Joyce, uh, he did a, speaking of the NHL draft, uh, did a piece back then. So I've known him since I'm 18 and he lives in Toronto. Great fella, a very interesting writer. And he hasn't ever been up there. So I'm like a lot of, if, if, kind of not what I'm talking about. Actually, I'm going off on a tangent again, but, um, you know, you're off, you often don't appreciate things when you live somewhere, you're there a lot. But I, I still like I go to every I go to Jays games on my own all the time. Another thing about baseball, and I'll get into that later. Very, as I sat at the game with Penny Lane during our trip, I, I have a few baseball observations I'll bring up later. But anyway, so brought her up, and what a time we had! And Sandman, so thanks to Heidi for getting us the room. So because they were average downtown, about eight or nine hundred dollars. I'm not kidding. So we couldn't go anywhere. I was looking in Markham, Richmond Hill, and they were still $450 a night tiff. It was out of this world how much it drives up the prices, which aren't low anyway, which aren't inexpensive in Toronto anyway, the most expensive place uh, to live. One of them in North America, the average price of a home now is almost $2 million. Average. Average. So rent, hotel rooms, all of that stuff, just spending a night in Toronto costs a lot of money as opposed to everywhere else. So thank you to Heidi. Thank you to Sandman as well. He drove us around. Driving isn't cheap. So as soon as we got in, I've gone off again. I can't remember what I was talking about earlier. So here we are now. I'll tell you about my trip. Um, it was awesome. So Penny Lane, and at first, was kind of nervous to go. Like when I first said we're going, you know, she doesn't love flying, she said, um, although she was perfect. But I think it was the little bit of the fear of the unknown and – uh I didn't want to force her to do things that I would do. You know, oh, first of all, we're going to go to three Jays games in three nights, you know, and then we're going to watch ACDC. And then, you know, what? it wasn't one of those trips. But I knew that if she went to a Jays game, she would enjoy it. Like, she doesn't play baseball. She didn't even know the rules. But I knew, I knew, I knew. And sure enough, she absolutely loved it. So anyway, we got in. So I, just, I was doing background last week on Son of a Critch, to be honest with you, on the TV show Son of a Critch. And I was, and it was a great day. I just looked down. There's a lot of waiting around when you're doing background. I wasn't in a scene, and I looked at my phone, and I'm doing what I do. And I noticed, my God, I was looking for like two months from now. Like maybe I can take Penny Lane up for a weekend. Maybe when I go to do Shorzy again, I can bring her up and fly back Um or I can bring her up and maybe meet Danielle and she can take her out west. Or I was, I was there, you know, because again, her mom lives out west. There are times that we were going to bring her out. So I said, maybe, you know, I can figure out a flight a few days early. Maybe I can go up, take Senior to a Leafs game and uh, she can come up for the weekend. I was looking more for like two or three months down the road. Anyway, it was like leaving in two days. This was Wednesday. Was leaving Friday, there's a flight for a crazy cheap price. So that's what happened. I said, this will be great. But it was all last minute. 
and I, I had the flight booked and here I am looking down going, I, I can't pay a thousand bucks a night in a hotel. This is insane. So, uh, and you know, I was like, how am I going to get out to Canada's wonderland? I knew it was a little bit of a jaunt and there was no cars available to rent. So, and I don't like driving in Toronto anyway. I can't stand it. I know the public transit system, like the back of my hand. So I'd rather do that. But even Canada's Wonderland is a little further than that. So, But I still would have done it, of course. Yeah, you know, I've done it, take the subway as far as it goes, and then, you know, jump in a cab, whatever. It was for my daughter. I didn't want money to be an issue. But uh, Sam Man offered, and he's got a couple of daughters, uh, Daisy and Coco. Thanks very much, Daisy and Coco, for being so nice to Penny Lane. They really hit it off. Doesn't surprise me. Sam Man is one of my best friends on the planet. Um, you know, really, really close friend that I've had for a long time. And those are few and far between, first of all. So uh, I'm appreciative of that. A lot of people don't have friends for two days. A lot of people don't have good friends for 10 years. Many people I'm talking to. Well, I've been real close with Sam Man since the day I met him. Uh, ooh, actually, the day I met him, <laughs> he'll laugh. Maybe not then. He was pissed off at me. Um, he was playing for Edmonton's farm team, Hamilton. I was playing for Fredericton. Anyway, there was a party at somebody somebody's house in Edmonton or in in, in Hamilton, and uh, I guess I went and uh, was fairly obnoxious. I won't get into the whole situation, but I, now I met him after that when we played in St. John's the year later, I believe. So that would have been ninety nine two thousand, and we've been real close ever since. So, uh, but he took care of us. We got in, man, we got up on uh, Friday or Saturday morning. It was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And we went out to Canada's Wonderland. And the first ride we did, man, I don't love roller coasters. I'm scared of heights. You know, I wouldn't even walk up. If they were just stairs, I wouldn't do it. But yet I can get on the roller coaster. But it's only because I'm strapped in. I just psych myself up to get strapped in and then I know that I can't go backwards so I'm going to have to experience it but it's often terrifying not fun at all really it's not it's afterwards I get a feeling of like a rush that I did it but during I don't even know why I do them and I don't always do them but Penny Lane was with me and uh, so I'm like you know I'm going to have to sack up so we went on I don't remember the names of them but the first couple um, were they were hanging you weren't like sitting in a traditional roller coaster. You were hanging. And uh, one, you were hanging kind of like you were flying like Superman. And uh, they were twisty, turny. They, they were scary, but they, you, you could, like, you, you, they were so twisty and turny, you couldn't enjoy it. I, I would come to realize later in the day that Penny Lane liked, she didn't mind going high up and like the, that big drop, that, that original roller coaster traditional sensation that makes one curious or gives one anxiety to get on the roller coaster in the first place like myself she likes those more than the ones that kind of zip you around and i do too man i don't know if it's being hit in the head but me and sam man after the first couple were like man did like do you feel like you just had a concussion had a concussion like do you feel like you just got in a hit going through center ice uh, you know, open ice hit, and that's exactly what I felt like. But they were they were fun. It was just so we went from there and went onto one. I, again, I don't know the name of it, but it goes into a mountain. It's more of a kids' ride because you've got the gun, but the fucking play gun, right? Like there, there's a video screen as you're doing it, and you're shooting various villains, whatever they might be, you know. So you're going through and it's an initial rush you go into the mountain and and but you're playing these games so you're kind of distracted and i'm going you know this is easy you're just kind of it's like the disneyland pirates ride if anybody's been on that you're kind of like floating and or i guess in this case coasting along and you kind of get used to it but then it all goes black and you just drop straight down through the floor like not even it's like a drop to another track and i didn't see that coming so that was quite for a ride that really didn't seem like much at all, that was quite the scare. And she really, really enjoyed that. And then we did three kind of medium to high level, just long, you know, coasters. We didn't get on the Leviathan, I think is the scariest or at least most thrilling ride there is probably a better way to put it. But um, 
we we did what we could and she played a soccer game and won herself a little i guess you could call it a dragon she scored two of the six goals and could have had six out of six like penny lane was sniping you had to one time a soccer ball and uh it was a small net with like a big obstruction and she she sniped too it was no fluke so that really she loved that and then uh, anyway, we did those rest of the coasters and the Eagles were playing that day. I had no idea going up there that the Eagles were playing. And my buddy, you guys know him as con man, Connor Donna. He was heading up with one of his friends. So I was like, yeah, of course. Wait. Okay. So he told us the night before. So I had no idea until the night before. So, and I still didn't really think much of it. And then we were getting on the flight to go up there. And I said, con man, fuck it, man. It's the Eagles. They had a bunch of great songs. I know Penny Lane's going to know a lot of them. They're one of the best bands ever, at least not only in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion and in the hitmaker's opinion, whatever. Critics, hits, whatever. They're fucking deadly. They got some classic songs. I don't care what you say. So I said, fuck it, and uh, bought us a ticket, on, literally on the plane on the way up. So like going to Canada's Wonderland, I did know. But, so, but anyway, so we knew. So we were going to Eagles that night and she was kind of excited and i knew this i knew that because i'd only taken her to one concert here it was james taylor and jackson brown which is a good concert right it's a good concert i would even say for fans a great concert but it really laid back and in st john's is not quite toronto right so what I'm, I'm talking about is the energy from the crowd so she did enjoy that about james taylor i thought it would maybe bore her a little bit but because, I mean, she only knew a couple songs. Um, but but she was all right. And I, I, I sensed here that it was the crowd energy that she enjoyed. Well, I was like the crowd energy at AC or ACC, yeah, with, uh, or Scotiabank Arena now, with, uh, you know, the Eagles. And she knows, like, I mean, eight songs. I, I have them on her playlist. She knows them well. She knows Cl Hotel California is a classic. Um, I think her favorite might be Heartache Tonight. But, you know, Peaceful, Easy Feeling, Take It Easy, um, The Long Run, New Kid in Town. They played all those. Joe Walsh played his songs, Life's Been Good, Rocky Mountain Way. Don Henley finished her off with Boys of Summer. I mean, and she loves that one. It's one of my favorite songs ever in the world, Boys of Summer. Uh, Already Gone. I had that as a ringtone for a couple years. She knows that. She loves that. So... You know, I don't know. It's impossible to live in the world, I think, and take in any pop culture without falling across the Eagles at some point. So anyway, we went down early, and was it ever good? It was right from the start. They came out and did Hulk Hotel California. Our seats, given that I bought them so late, um, were second level, but really as close to the stage. We were 25 rows back overall, and I think the second level started after 20. So we were right there. We were five rows back, second level, looking right at the stage. I, I looked at the camera and the shots. I mean, it looks, you know how it is with a camera. It looks like you're further away than you are. Like it was fantastic. And there was a couple of screens pointed right at us. We were kind of on the side of the stage. So they weren't always looking right at us, but they did. And then the, uh, the screens were there. We could see everything. So they played what they did. They played two sets. So the first, the first set was just their Hotel California album. And I was thinking, wow, like, because after the first couple, Hotel of California, New Kid in Town, like, she might be bored with this. With uh, So that's when I bought our stuff. So I said, you know, we're going to eat. So I can sacrifice a few songs if you want to just eat during that time. Because I didn't want her to sit there and, you know, I didn't want her getting bored. And I knew the second set what was coming. Uh, and I don't always look at playlists online, but I looked in this case because I wanted to make sure that they would play song. You know, some songs that Penny Lane knew. Sometimes bands play their new album, and you're like, "Oh my God!" I went to see Eric Clapton once, and he just played. It was my father's eyes album, and I so I saw him twice, Clapton. But the first time was like just that album. I was like, "Oh shit, man!" You know, I don't even know half these, nor do I want to hear them. Play Cocaine for fuck's sakes, man. Play Layla. Um, anyway. The Eagles, I knew what was coming. So we went out and we got a bite to eat. And then we bought her a shirt. We bought my Mia shirt again, way overpriced, but hey, it's a great memory. And they know they got you by the balls, right? Now, I like she right away, she goes, I want one with 
the tour on the back because they don't always all have like 2022 tour on the back. But she goes, then when it, when I get too big, I can hang it on the wall or keep it as a souvenir, as I often we often do. So I was glad that she had the foresight. I said, you know what, you're right. That's great. Lately, I've been listening to a ton of hockey podcasts to get me ready for the upcoming NHL season. And it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to? Because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, which I find is perfect for tuning out distractions at work. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally love Raycon's noise isolation mode that blocks out the sounds around me. Bass boost for hard-hitting music and balanced for podcasts. Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So by the time we got back to our seats, it was intermission. And uh, we finished off whatever we had, popcorn, cotton candy, and then watched. And the second set was just straight Eagles hits straight through. So it was awesome. She absolutely loved the energy. And uh, I knew the very, very last song we missed. It was uh, The Best of My Love which is not one of my favorite Eagles songs of all the songs at the concert. It's the one I wanted to hear least. And, uh, but I, I mean, I don't hate it. It's the Eagles, but yeah, it's, it wasn't. And they played it like for the queen who I look, I haven't said much on here about it. I'm sorry. The Someone, I guess that held that throne for so long and responsibility, there has to be something set for it, but I don't agree with any of the Royal anything. I think in a world that we're living in that we're trying to not judge people and everybody says, well, you know, you've got to include. And I, and I know I, th- I think the woke is going too far one way, but I do agree with a lot of it. Fuck me, of course, right? Um, in, in, uh, in, including, what's the word? Inclusion, you know, equality. We're, we're in that time. We're in that time. That's the, uh, again, I don't want to get fucking specific and political, okay? But part of that, under that umbrella, I think we are going too far left in some ways, but um, at the very least, um, you know, in 2022, I think we can all agree that the goal is that gay, straight, black, white, uh, elite, Rich, wealthy, not rich, wealthy, whatever you want to do, there's dividing lines in society. And even though they're starting, not starting, you know, it seems that the rich are getting richer, doesn't it? But we are coming a long way. And sometimes the pendulum swings too far. I think it's swinging too far right now with the extremists and it's swinging too far left. And a lot of people are just like me. They're right in the middle and they don't want to be associated with the extreme of either. But most of us in the middle want every we we don't want conflict, we don't want war, and we want people to be treated fair, I think, right? So if I'm right on those things, and maybe I'm not, but I think I am, from my perspective I am. In in I mean from my perspective as a Canadian, as a Newfoundlander, living in a democracy, from what I see, I don't like hate, I like love, like the Beatles said, all you need is love, right? I don't know if that's all you need, but I certainly know that it goes a long way. So from that perspective, that whole monarchy, to me, it's all bullshit. How can you convince me that when you're born into a family and all of a sudden pronounced richer in every way, not only monetarily, you're just a better human than everybody else. You're born and you're better than me. Like, I I just... And I get it. I know they're they're not going to give it up. I guess Harry, I got all like there you go. He's the royal that I like the most. He got the fuck out of Dodge. I don't even know what's going on with Meghan Markle. I know that I think they, uh, I think people, and on the, on the, if you, if you were to look at it and you were a defender of the royal family, I guess she 
made some accusations, felt inferior, I guess, for a few reasons. I think race might have been one of them. I don't really know the specifics of all that. But again, it's because I don't care. So if I'm speaking out of turn now, it's because I don't care. I'm ignorant to it because I don't care. Because I think it's fucking stupid. And at some point, at some point, it's just going to disintegrate on itself. They don't rule anything anymore for good reason. They live in a democracy. What is it? You're born into billions of dollars. Do anything. Why? Why should I kiss your fucking hand? God damn it. If there's one thing, if I could narrow down one thing about my, or, or if I had one goal for my daughter, it is, I, I could explain it in that. Don't be kissing anybody's fucking hand. Nobody's better than you because they're born. And here we are. We're trying to teach that all over the world. Black Lives Matter and, you know, equality. And, you know, we're trying to help people out and, and, and you know, equal health care and, 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 and rights and, and, you know, voices. And, you know, we want people to we want in, in you live in a democracy. You want everybody to have a voice and you want and that voice to be equal. Whether sometimes we, we think it or, or we don't think about it that way, that's really what I, I take from a democracy. Especially now with the fucking hate levels and everything in the world, and you're just going to tell me you're better than me. Anyway, here I am going again, right? I know it's not the queen's fucking fault that she was born into it either, but it seemed to me that she was on the side of fuck everybody else. I'm royal at times. And maybe she was taught to be like that. And maybe she's the greatest fucking person ever lived i didn't see her i didn't meet her i know they do do a lot of charitable work they do i think they could do more i don't even know what they do but if i walk into a house and you got a hundred million dollars worth of shit in the first room i walk into at buckingham palace or wherever it is you're probably not doing enough that spoon over there in the corner is worth a million dollars fucking donate it to the i don't know it doesn't have to be all charities either donate it to the local township there i'm sure mount pearl could do I'm sure Mount Pearl, Newfoundland could do better with five million or six million or whatever more dollars, which is probably your dining set. We're we're in an era where fucking I think it's eighty-eight people or ninety people control half the world's wealth. That's fucked up. Unnecessary. Am I a capitalist? Yes, we need to fucking have a capitalist society, but it's not one or the other. It's not communist. It's not socialist versus capitalism. You know, it's a mix of both always. Right? I don't fucking know. But uh, but I know that I'm not saying that we all have to have I'm not I'm not saying I want everybody to be a socialist, but but when it comes to rights, yeah, even there, you're born into it for fuck's sakes. Anyway, look at listen to me. I've always had my backup. I'm sure these people uh with within the royals, I could sit down and probably relate to some people there. You know, again, it's not their fault, um, and I'm, I don't have anything against the queen. I, the way I'm talking, I, I go on a rant, but that's ignorant. So you know, when people say, you know, I, I don't really know, and well, you don't, and you probably shouldn't give an opinion. The only opinion I can really give you is that I don't give a fuck about the royal family. That's the reasons. But I also know that when the royal family was came to be i know that they've done a lot of good things a lot of bad but they've done a lot of good whatever it is they've kept it together and they do do a lot of charitable shit and there are people in the world that look up to them and live their lives although it's lost on me why but some people look at them like gods and it helps them get through their day and who the fuck am i to say what that should be i'm watching a bunch of grown men chase around a rubber disc they hit mesh, mesh with it 50 times in a season, and we consider them a god. So who the fuck am I, really? But given my stance in the world, I just have no reason to care about the queen, okay? Um, I guess she wasn't evil, so rest in peace. You, you, you did a lot of good things, queen, wherever you are, and uh, I don't agree with your with basically your existence but I don't know you probably did more good than bad in your life but yeah 
the definition of your existence is what I don't care about. So rest in peace from the perspective that I don't really care. So I don't want you to rest not in peace. And that's my peace. So um, anyway, that was my first day in Toronto. The second day, we went uh, down. We hit Ripley's Aquarium. And I don't know that I've ever seen a bigger smile on my daughter's face. She was uh, absolutely blown away. We went through once and saw everything and every fish and every... We went through the tunnel there with the great white sharks twice and pictures, and she was just ecstatic. She was beaming. I mean, it almost brought, it brought goosebumps. It almost brought tears to my, like, just to, rem I forgot that at some point I was that, I had that much curiosity and energy about anything. But, you know, when it's your first time in a big city and it's your first time, and we were, we were right at the base of the CN Tower. I mean, it's a majestic looking, if you think about it, I mean, they call it the concrete jungle and the big smoke and all that. But Toronto, first of all, is beautiful. There's a lot of trees in Toronto. But when you're looking at the CN Tower, I mean, yeah, I get a... Majestic wouldn't seem like the right word because it's a big concrete building. But it is, though. I don't know. It's like, whoa, man, Like we created this. right? And when I say we, I mean humanity. And when you look up, like a lot of Newfoundlanders built the CN Tower in on. I mean, it's, there's been, it's been mentioned in documentaries. And I look up at the people from Newfoundland that came before me. I'm like, how in the fuck did you do? Well, there's, I, I couldn't do it. It's not like all Newfoundlanders could do it, but Newfoundlanders are often willing to make a buck. They'll do whatever, right? Especially when our, our fishery was on shaky ground. And it often was throughout the decades me or my parents, my grandparents have been alive. And, um, you know, I guess we joined Canada in 49 and immediately you know, Toronto became a hub really for Newfoundlanders for a lot of reasons. And I don't know when the CN Tower was built. I think it was in the 70s. I could just look it up now, but I won't. But I think it was in the 70s. Anyway, and uh, things like like Bell Island had mines and big population and they all moved. A lot of people moved when the, the mine shut down to Cambridge, Guelph area. That's why there's a lot of Newfoundlanders there. If you're in that area and didn't realize why, that's it. And uh, so just a lot in, in that. We're just Toronto's huge anyway, but there's a lot of work there. So it's always been beneficial and it's always been a hub for not only myself, but a lot of Newfoundlanders that came with me and before me. But, uh, so that was beautiful, Ripley's Aquarium. We went through, man, and we went to the gift shop. We had our stuff, and they just kept saying, you know, when you leave, you're out. And uh, Penny Lane looked at me and said, you know, can we go through again? And we went again. So that's how much she enjoyed the Ripley's Aquarium. When we left, we we bumped hands and said, you know, we're always going to come back. And she, you know, so whenever we go to Toronto, we're going to go there. Penny Lane loves animals. So then, of course, I knew that we had to hit the zoo. I showed her what that was. But we didn't have time that day. We went to Ripley's. We went to TIFF. We snuck into TIFF. When I say snuck in, I mean it's an event at TIFF. You don't really sneak in. But we, we, there was this one, there was a film. It was on King Street. There was a little area that was, it was probably the most prominent outdoor area of the Toronto International Film Festival. So Sandman reminded us, I forgot it was even happening, not far from Ripley's CN Tower where we were. So we, we walked up. And I, I think, because we kind of like, I had uh, jean-looking jogging pants on and, you know, T-shirt. And she had the same. I think she had her Eagles T-shirt on, a pair of shorts, sneakers. I was wearing Vans. So, like, we, yeah, it, there was this one kind of, you know, there was premieres happening all over. That's you know, basically what happens at a film festival. These movies get premiered. So we 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 stumbled into one kind of the, the waiting area there. And they were all and so but everybody that and I I think what happened is someone recognized me from Shorzy because we did have invites to go to that. Um I just didn't think I'd be in Toronto and I just that that was I know maybe a month ago. I didn't even really read it, but one of the guys told me.
to go and take it in if we wanted, if we if we were going to be there. And uh, I didn't even pay attention to that. So, but a couple of people right around there stopped me and said, "Hey, it's Hitch from Shorzy," and I, I just kind of shot the shit. And then I, as I was there, I kind of just we, I took Penny Lane, and she said, "I think we can, I think we can just walk in there." And we walked in. So I don't know if it was a combination of the people taking the tickets not realizing, or they thought that I was part of the whole thing. I'm not sure, but we found ourselves in on the red carpet where the paparazzi take the pictures. So I was like. Yeah, right. And I knew a couple of them I'd just been beacon with that knew at least I was there with Shorzy. So now now it must have I had a fucking backwards baseball hat on. I had no idea that this was Tiff like ten minutes before this. So anyway, the lady there, the security guard, I think, totally picked up on what was going down. She saw that we because people had cameras, but they were looking at us kind of, what the fuck's going on? So I gave her my camera. Me and Penny Lane backed up. She took a picture. I grabbed it. I go, Penny, I think we're not supposed to be here. And but no one told us to leave, but I could I could smell what was cooking. So we kind of tried to walk towards the entrance. And then Henry, I think you pronounce it Cavill, Cable, Henry Cavill, used to play Superman. And we had just watched Mission Impossible Six. And Penny Lane loved it. And uh anyway, so it was wild. He was right there and he was saying, but it, you know, someone was trying to get his autograph or something or a picture, and he said, I'll be back. I I gotta go and whatever he had to do. So he had something to do. He was dressed, you know, he had a nice dress shirt and pants. Like he was, he looked like he was ready to either go to a premiere or, or whatever. Well, he looked like everybody else in the fucking building. We didn't. So we saw that and we were going to run over, but he was going up the elevator and I said, you know what, Penny Lane, we got a picture. It's a cool story. Let's, let's bolt. So we did. Then we went to the Eaton center and, uh, but there was a lot going on in the streets and, it's a lot happening. So we went to the center and what did we buy her? We got her a pair of uh, Converse All-Stars. She loves them. She got a white pair and, and a Blue Jays hoodie. And then we hit Sandman's for two massive tomahawk steaks, the biggest that I've seen. And uh, he took us to St. Lawrence Market, which is a sight to behold for sure if you haven't been to Toronto. And it's just... There's just a lot going on in the market. Outdoors, indoors. There's nice patios and everything, but indoors, the gro- the groceries, the groceries, the you know the all the food, man. It's just great. Um, so you got the tomahawk steaks, but um, there's everything. It's a market. I, I, I if I start naming it, just every food, and there's some cool clothes and everything. Uh, Penny Lane went around, and I went around back, and uh, real cool, like homemade accessories i guess you could say because it was everything it was like funky stuff like these cowboy hats that i'd never seen before and uh jewelry i mean everywhere every market kind of has that but it was it had a, its own flavor and the food was just wild so sandman bought these tomahawk steaks they were just huge i mean we went over to sandman's that night great new spot he's living in and uh daisy and coco and uh that daisy had a, or coco had a friend there i can't remember her name Jerry, I think I could be wrong. Sandy. And, uh, you know, I had a great visit with Sam Mem while the girls all played Monopoly. And then, of course, that took us to yesterday, which was our last day. And we hit the zoo, which was fucking awesome. Penny Lane, loves, like I said, loves animals. And it was, it was pouring rain right before. And it takes a while. Like we, we, we were staying by the airport. Anybody that knows Toronto. So we got a shuttle bus from our airport deltas where we were staying and uh, we had a shuttle bus to the airport, right? Kind of went backwards and the airport has a train, the up train and it goes straight down to union station. So we got a bit of fucking around, right? You get the shuttle over to the airport. Then we went down to union station. When we're there, we took the subway up to Kennedy or sorry, up to the Bloor young station, then zipped over to Kennedy on the cross subway. And then from Kennedy, you get a bus, for about a half hour, 40 minutes, maybe even a little bit longer to the zoo. And uh, I I don't mind it at all. I always either do my work on my phone or bring a book. I figured Penny, not that I go to the zoo a lot. I just mean I travel by subway up there, a lot of public transit. But this was a long way. This was like close to the furthest we could have possibly gone on the subway lines. We were beyond one subway line at the airport. And that was... 
beyond the other. So it is the furthest we could have gone, I guess. But uh, with a bunch of hop skips and jumps in between, but she was all over it. It didn't like we were leaving in the morning. I'm like, you know, we're leaving, but we're not going to get to the zoo till like at least two hours from now. And she was like, yeah, you could have said five was her words. So I was like, okay, perfect. So we went there, we enjoyed the zoo and got back. So I didn't, we left at nine in the morning. By the time we got back, we went back by the time we got back to the game, which is right next to the CN tower. People that don't know the Rogers center. It was probably five, five thirty. Anyway, went in early, had our supper. I love, of, 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 I love, um, baseball game hot dogs, and I don't eat hot dogs otherwise. I, actually, I do. The only time I'll ever have a hot dog, unless there's huge circumstances, like I'm starving, I'm at a barbecue, and they have nothing else I haven't eaten in two days or some shit. But our at movies, Cineplex what we have here and uh, baseball games. And I don't get them every movie once every fifth movie. Maybe usually it's a popcorn. I like to, ch- I like to have something and popcorn lasts longer, but uh, always at a baseball game. So I was like, let's get there early. I still have to get something. I wanted to get a Jay. She had a nice jacket. I wanted to get something for myself with Jay's on it. And um, some merch as they call it, I found a nice hoodie. And then we went and ate our supper watching the blue Jays, and the Tampa Bay Rays warm up. It was just awesome. And when they came out to start the game, I could tell we stood up like even the, even the anthems, right? That's new for her, right? I mean, she's seen it happen at my senior hockey games here and there. But I don't think she realized how, like, and then the Rogers Center puts off a great show. They got the huge cl- score clock. Whoever does the DJing and stuff there, the music guy or girl, shout out. I don't know if this will ever get to you, but really, like, I think it's just great. Like, you can... It's so unique. If I, if I took Penny Lane to a hockey game, I think the novelty might be worn off because she doesn't play hockey. I think she would enjoy like a Leafs game more from crowd energy, right? But and I think that's the nature of hockey. It's, I'm not knocking the Leafs whole game day production. Um, it's, yeah, um, a lot. I don't know. I just find the baseball really family friendly. And not only that, it goes the other way. I can't think of another sport that I want to go to on my own. But I was telling Sam, man, I've probably seen two dozen Jays games on my own. Um, if I'm up there and there's a Jays game, even if I got work to do, right, I'll just bring a notepad paper, my phone go up. I love sitting like as far up as you can go. And uh, the game going on, down, it's really calming to me. I love having a beer at a baseball stadium. Sam, I rarely have a beer. I, I have a lot. <laughs> who, who am I kidding? I have lots of beer. What I'm saying is that when I drink, I get fucking bamboozled. I drink a lot of beers. I don't often have, like if I go over to someone's house for dinner, if I'm leaving, like I'm not going to have a beer just for the taste. Maybe, maybe wine if it's pasta or something, but usually a Diet Coke or water. But when I'm at a game, I love having a beer, maybe two, no more than that. And uh, we sat there. I had three, I'm not kidding you, three hot dogs, one foot long hot dog and Penny Lane and I had a nachos each <laughs> ate so much, but, uh, and came home five pounds heavier, walked about 20 kilometers a day or more came home heavier. That's the way that's, that means we had a good trip. Fuck did we eat? Uh, but anyway, it was awesome. And then Sam man and I sipped on, uh, two beers. And at the end of the second beer, um, the Blue Jays, it was the last play of the game. They won. We got to see Romano come in, three up, three down. Uh, Bichette, Bichette hit a home run at the bottom of the eighth to put the Jays ahead. They were losing all game. If the game took three hours, then the Jays were losing for two hours and 50 minutes. So it was fantastic energy. And we got on the up train finally to go back two nights ago having done just everything we possibly could. Again, shout out to my friend Heidi for the room and shout out to Sandman for making a lot of that possible. And uh, the meal we had at Sandman's would have cost, honestly, $200 if we just went out to eat anywhere in Toronto. It was so good. So uh, if it was just the meal, I'd be saying thank you, Sandman. But for the transportation, for the Jays tickets, um, 
and just being a great friend. And uh, there's a couple of other things that he knows about that I'm not going to talk about now, but um, that we're looking forward to uh, partnering up on in the future. And thanks for that as well. So, Sam, man, if you're listening, and I know you are, I'm talking directly to you right now. Thank you and see you in Edmonton in uh, very shortly. In a, what, a week and a half, I'm going out on the 25th. So that's that. Um, it was an awesome trip. Anybody in uh, that hasn't been to Toronto, if you're in Canada, I just always assume that everybody's been to our biggest city. But it does often get a, I don't think a bad rap. That wouldn't be the word, but a curious one, because I, I don't even know why they call it the big smoke. I don't see a lot of smokestacks in Toronto, and there's trees everywhere. Um, awesome. I'd be hard-pressed to find a better sports city. Uh, so I'm not one to be on here and talk about other people's cities a lot, but I really do enjoy Toronto, and I think uh, to some level it's mis misunderstood because it's so obvious and omnipresent. Uh, you know, you might go to San Antonio and go, man, that was awesome. Because, you know, you don't just don't go there a lot. You probably won't go. But Toronto has become so repetitive for me over the years that I often forget how beautiful it can be, how energetic it can be, and uh, how much it can make a little girl smile. I'll be back in two days with Jeremy Thompson, uh, all indications, point two from my Years in Tri-Cities, I spoke about a bit today. Looking forward to it. We called him the Indian Outlaw, a very, very tough individual that could play the game and I haven't talked to in decades, so I'm looking forward to that. Folks, if you're downtown in St. John's, why not? Why not go for a beer? If you're going to go for a beer, my favorite places are Greensleeves, TJ's, Rob Roy, Bull and Barrel, Trinity Pub. Why not catch... Uh, Catch a game at one of those places, have a beer, check it out. And uh, if you're going to have a bite, well, of course, the aforementioned <clears throat> green sleeves and uh, blue on water and Merchant Tavern. And of course, who could forget my good friend Peter Wedgwood at Wedgwood Cafe? They also do catering, so check into it. True Hockey, take what's yours. Folks, I'll be back in just a couple of days. Thanks for listening to episode 120A. I'll catch you all on the rebound.